The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. Day, everyone. This is Cameron Fry coming at you 11 o'clock on this holiday Monday. Hope you all are enjoying the weekend and having some fun times with fam. Maybe you're grilling out, barbecuing on the patio today. Obviously, don't forget why we celebrate this day. I know it's exciting because for most of us, we have the day off from work. Uh, but let's keep the perspective in front of us and remember to honor those who have served our country and have been willing to lay down their lives slash have made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. It's been a crazy weekend for Liz and I. Uh, we've been dealing with sickness in the family, especially Evie. We had to take her uh, to the ER yesterday because she was uh, showing some signs of a potential seizure. She's been fighting 100-203 fever since Thursday, and Liz and I have been giving her Tylenol and or ibuprofen every two, three hours past three days. It's been crazy just trying to keep that fever down. And if you saw her arm and neck behavior yesterday, you likely would have been concerned enough to do what we did and just take her to the hospital just to make sure. And so ran a bunch of tests, some did some blood work, uh, did an EEG, which was kind of freaky. And anyone's seen their little one with a bunch of wires on their head, um, it just looks unnatural and completely insane. Uh, but thank you for your prayers. I know many of you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, following the news and things have checked out so far. We're still waiting some results from some of the cultures um, from the test run, but we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, today, wanted to cut a pod. It was supposed to be cut yesterday, but because of the medical situation, we had to punt. Um, and this goes back to the last couple of weeks, uh, a word that's been marinating within me. So the post on His Girl Friday is called The Proverbial Life, A Quick Guide to Possessing Your Soul. And it goes back a couple of weeks ago to a May 16th conversation I had with my dad the Wednesday before. So this is May 15th. I was coming out of a discouraging meeting with some uh, team leaders, some ministry leaders um, that I partner with. And the, the, the skinny of it is, uh, listen, I, we've just been feeling disconnected. Uh, once again, from church community and uh, ministry community, uh, just there's the people we're around. Just there's just so many hats that are worn and so many responsibilities um, that are represented. It's just really hard to find time to really minister uh, and fellowship and commune with one another. And so, coming down this meeting, it just it was clear that I was outside looking in and. The other side, you know, they were content that I kind of wasn't a part of their tight community. And it just really hit a discouraging nerve. And I was trying to find the right perspective because sometimes I can be Debbie Downer, think worst case scenario and just be like, all right, these people really don't care. But had to choose to see the flip side, see the opposite, um, run to the Lord first off. Because sometimes we run to the Lord, but it's not the first place we go to. Um after a 45-minute conversation with my wife, and then uh, on the 15th, and then the next day, just kind of talking about it in filtered fashion with my dad, um, he brought up this verse in, uh, let's see, Luke 21, 19, and I'm going to read it in just a second in all its translations, but 
it was a proverb that seemed to be out of place. You know, when you um, you have to take scripture in context. You can't put a verse in a vacuum. But um, there are times where it's right to look at it isolated uh, in isolated fashion, um, and then stitch it into the the overall narrative. Um, and so the first thing that popped in my mind when Dad was telling me this, uh, referencing this verse from Luke 21, I'm like, well, what passage in Proverbs is this from? And eventually realized it's not in Proverbs. Um, so it, was, it, it struck me and it uh, ignited this thought uh, of starting a new series on His Girl Friday. Um, and that is uh, the proverbial life. So uh, anytime you hear me mentioning that, it's going to tie back to this series where we talk about a proverb outside of Proverbs. A verse that seems out of place, but it's it's in this uh, another book for a specific reason. And generally, this content is going to center on internal endurance of of some kind. Uh, But for now, proverbial life is what we're going with. Uh, Real quick to go back and and tie a loose end on that conversation. When I say um, outside looking in, uh, I mean just being a vocational with limited time from uh, certain time frames. So in my case, seven to three thirty, kind of limited because I'm doing I'm working a full time job in those hours Monday through Friday and um, it's hard to find footing with people in your tribe when they don't have that restriction so that's I forgot to mention that earlier just wanted to be faithful to circle back to that all right let's get on with the content for today so it's it's a complicated theme in scripture we know God is love as love and from the very beginning. He was there in fellowship, in community, or like, as I like to say, unity in community, authoring his will in the deepest still, the epitome of fellowship uh, who had us in mind from the beginning, perfecting love from the start. It's no question the infinities of life are complex, complicated, and even intimidating. And when we consider God at the beginning, we converge on a very key and central truth, and that is we were made for a connection, for love, with love, by love. Tying back to God is love, again, the epitome of fellowship, perfecting love before it could even create. And before we even, before we even existed as a people, God was pursuing peace with us, that we could be unity and community. People would know by our fellowship by our community, by our love for one another, uh, that God exists, that God is who we serve, that it's who we stand for. That they would know that we were Christians, they were followers of Christ based on our love for one another. But unfortunately, this is easier said than done in a day when relationships are compromised by busyness, striving, differences in schedules. As I mentioned, uh, even, and a lot of times security is, is at the core and ties to a specific fear that hasn't been surrendered. Uh, perhaps you've encountered similar barriers, wondering how to navigate around them. If so, I want to encourage you with this proverb, Luke twenty-one nineteen, episode one of this new series. So, before I dive in, let me permit me to uplift the downhearted uh, who may be hearing this. Number one, let's just cut straight to your identity. You are not alone. You are not here by accident. You are not listening to this by accident. You are a treasure. You are an asset to an unshakable kingdom. Hebrews 20, uh, 12, 28 through 30. You are a chosen child of God. And just marinate in these identity statements a little bit. 
Two, if you're not in the rhythm of daily dying to self, then staying the course in a situation will be challenging. I know it's an odd segue, but you know, I, I speak from wanting you, the listener, to surrender all trust in God, knowing He understands your wants, needs, desires, and dreams better than you do. I know I talk about dying to self often in these episodes, but it's something that can't be separated because we, by our human nature, we will drift if we don't keep God in the center and the forefront of all that we say and do. And in, in cutting this, this pod, I don't want to downplay the struggle of you connecting to those who may be preserving their own rhythms, content with you being on the outside looking in, like I mentioned my situation earlier. I get it. If there's one big issue, this big mountain recent testimony, especially how it uh, pertains to church, it, it's this issue. Even though many have pure intentions, good intentions, um, they can become unyoked priorities very quickly. And, you know, when it's not you who are in the middle of this transition, you can't take it personally. You can't take on other people's wrong burns, even if you're the only one who sees them. A lot of times we want to wave the flag and be like, hey, you're doing this wrong or you could do this better. You're leaving me out when you shouldn't be doing that. You should at least, you know, try and include me better. But, you know, you just got to lay it down and be like, God is faithful to stir and convict the people who are running after him. And for those not running after him, we just, we just have to stop and pray for them, being like, God, show yourself to them. Help them find you one way or another. So having said that, let's dig in to the word. So Luke 21, 19, I'm going to read five translations. Uh, first is the New King James Version. And I, I want to start with this because I really think it, it captures the Greek better than any other translation. All right. So by your patience, possess your souls. It's the New King James Version. Compared to the English Standard Version, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. So very different language. We have endurance set of patience. We have your lives set of souls. Already probably thinking, what souls is, is the passage referring to lives who are who are the lives we'll get to that uh amplified by your patient endurance <laughs> combining the two shocker empowered by the holy spirit you will gain your souls love the empowered by the holy spirit bit uh, luke 21 19 and niv very different stand firm and you will win life love the uh, ephesians 6 tie in there uh, and just the whole win representing victory in this process connecting victory to patience and I'd be, really, I love all these in different ways. You've got to stir them together. And the last we'll look at is the message. Staying with it, that's what's required. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry. You'll be saved. Wow. So breaking it down, this is why I like sometimes just pausing, camping out on a, a particular verse, dissecting it, look at the translations, seeing how it pertains to the Greek and the Hebrew, and just getting a full context, um, context within context, really. I really encourage you to do that when you uh, soak in the scriptures. Um, so, yeah, wording varies upon translation, but the general concept here is the same. When we reference this verse to Matthew 4, the passage uh, that talks about Jesus being tempted, led in the wilderness, um, and uh, ultimately to be tested by Satan. And, and note the heart of Jesus is reflected in this single verse. We find the Son of Man walking in authority by the power of the Holy Spirit. You look at the Gospels, look at Jesus' life. Everywhere he went was in this power. Every time he returned, it was in this power. Even when Jesus was tempted, Jesus was centered in its identity by, you guessed it, the power of the Holy Spirit. Key phrase. It's just kind of the center of what we're going to talk about today. Oftentimes, when we think power of the Holy Spirit, we think signs, wonders, miracles. But for Jesus, 
the most frequent manifestation of the Spirit's power in him was his reliance upon the Father, especially to possess his emotions. And we often miss this. We don't think about, because, you know, oh, he should have had, you know, he's the Son of God. He should, you know, already have his emotions in check. It should be easy for him. But also, he's also the Son of Man. This is when you have to look at his full divinity um, that was kind of meshed into his full humanity. Uh, and it's that humanity bit that we often miss. That's why I said Son of Man earlier. Expressing emotions. He was tempted and tested in every way we are today, which is, I think it's one of the hardest things to wrap our minds around. We just think that Jesus had it made. He had the, the red carpet rolled out for him to be perfect. And to, you know, we think he didn't struggle in the ways we did, but he did. Possessing emotions is a big deal in the life of Jesus. And this may seem like a simple antidote upon first glance, but it has significant applications when we consider, like I said, Jesus was tempted in every way. And we can't take lightly the vain thoughts we tolerate in place of deferred hope, given the, the power of fear that ultimately numbs to the power of the Spirit. Um, so I mentioned lately that Jesus was tempted, I'm sure, um, to have negative thoughts and to uh, just to view people through a false prism, false light um, at times, especially those who hurt him and persecuted him. But we look at Jesus, we see that he's the way we must model. To him, his standing identity wasn't exclusive from his identity in God, the Father. He knew to walk in real authority, whether resisting the enemy or healing the sick. He had to possess his soul to keep it from ruling him. And more opportunities he had to cultivate endurance in this way, getting away from people as disciples and just having that quiet time with the Lord, having those still moments, um, even if it meant that he couldn't be in fellowship in a specific moment. Uh, the more confidently he walked, the more he walked confidently in his identity and the authority that overflowed. Sometimes we live our lives, it's like we, to walk confidently, we have to walk in authority and identity overflows, and it's the other way around. We walk in our identity in Christ, who the Lord says we are, and authority overflows from that. We don't look to assert our authority. Like Jesus, we look to assert a father's, the Father's authority in our lives. And he, in, he alone will take care of the authority that we have. I mean, there is authority, there, there's good authorities to be had. You know, if you're in leadership, I mean, I'm sure that God opened a door for you to be there and it's the right place for you. So it's not like, you know, authority is a bad thing, but we have to understand who provides and gives us the talents to even have that authority in the first place. It all points back to Jesus being the center. So I encourage you, walk confidently in your identity and let the authority overflow from that. It's worth noting Jesus never asserted his authority as a self-evident right, but out of a posture of rest. It's another key point. This is key uh, for how we perceive spiritual warfare, how we exercise it. Uh, to say Jesus asserted his authority out of rest means he didn't contend for authority with the enemy when he was tempted, but uh, he exercised it knowing he was free from needing God to approve him and defend his rights. I mean, that's really, I mean, that's huge. That's at the core of how he was able to get through. He relied on truth, yes. But this was this was kind of his baseline, his safety net to relying on truth uh, in this context. Uh, and, and this in turn allowed his faith to flow from identity and empowered him to not be offended that his purpose was rooted in dying. Jesus was dying to his flesh, relying on truth in the moment, and that's what got him through that wilderness season leading up to being tested by the enemy. So in a weird sense, tying the life of Jesus into our present personal life, we should delight in the fact God tests us through 
relational voids and conflicts and it may not even be relational. Maybe it's just a void of a different nature. Like it could be a vocational void. It can be an emotional void. Uh, but God uses these uh, to refine our rest and trust in our love by God identity. Jesus never swerved from them. That's what he was constantly referring to and got him through a lot of potential log jams. And I'm not suggesting that every void... Uh, relational void especially is a, is a test from God. I'm just saying when we look at how Jesus lived and what he longs to develop within us, how can we not be grateful knowing our patience can mature as we master our inner man? How can we not be excited that our ego-triggered fears can be subdued by the same power Jesus abided in? It's another one of my favorite words, abide. Abide in his love. You know, we think about, well, how do I stay at this, you know, how do I do what Jesus did? And, you know, just living in my love by God identity, keeping that close in. Well, he abided in that love. He didn't just think it. He didn't just, uh, you know, that's a, that's a fun little thought. And, and he, he didn't separate it from his reflection and his meditation and his reading of the scripture. Um, he was abiding in even when he wasn't reading in the scriptures. It's not like he was, you know, he only abided in God's love when he was in a temple or in a, you know, a sanctuary or holy place, you know. You know, because he abided in his love, it's like every place. He took that holiness with him. There's something that we can do wherever we're at. We could abide in God's love, and then we could also uh, taste not only that the Lord is good, but that his holiness is good as well. And it's there to help us and, and preserve uh, just thinking the right thoughts about people and even the right thoughts about what, you know, what we have and what we don't have. And when we think about what we have in light of what we don't have, we think like, man, the Lord has given us everything. Really, that we need for goodness and godliness and to succeed in this moment and to conquer and to, and resist the enemy and to press through the temptations into a good, better, lighter place, right? Um, so remember, every day is an opportunity to die to self, but also to receive God's life in place of the die to self um, and discover our purpose through our love by God identity. You know, so next time you're alone, remember God was often alone and yet rely on the Father in those moments. Next time you feel judged, you feel persecuted or condescended to, remember Jesus was constantly misunderstood, even in praise. Yet he consistently ran to the source of his confidence. I don't know about you, but think about being loved by God. That produces some confidence right away. You know, so you know, if you feel drained, remember Jesus was tired on many occasions, yet knew the fruity bore strength in his perseverance. There was a strength to be had. Uh, I said holiness kind of overflows you by in his love. I think strength also comes with that. that you know, strength to persevere is a natural overflow of uh, abiding in God's love and your love by God identity. Uh, next time you feel disconnected or discouraged, remember to rejoice as you suffer in steadfastness. God's always something special, something incredible beyond your comprehension. Just keep your eyes centered on the perfecter of your faith and surrender what you think should be present in your life. And just be honest and vulnerable with God. Be transparent. Like, you know, I, I'm really struggling to see how this all ties together and how this is working out for my good. But you choose. You make the choice to stand firm regardless of how you feel, knowing that no matter what happens, the creator of your soul will be there to gain your souls. I think it starts with you as a created by God individual, but it also, if you could have, Take that in for yourself, I believe that it also can snowball and extend into community where you're also giving life to others. 
you, you know, you give life and, and you gain life. Uh, goes back to the, the New Testament overarching concept that to find your life, you have to give it and lose it. So the, the giving, gaining connection is, is important. Um, but anywho, that, that brings in today's pod for landing. I hope this ministers to your heart in one way or another, or maybe you know someone else that this content may minister to. Um, feel free to direct your friends to uh, our podcast series, which also, for the record, is now on Spotify as we continue to run our platform. So I'll stop talking, but just know that we're here. If you need any support or prayer, um, we hope you have a great rest of the week and that you just can find rest and strength, um, even in the chaos of life and in the the turbulence and the unpredictability of it all. uh, Just know that God is for you and his for you is greater than any against you out there. Love you. And as I always say, I'll catch you on the fry. Peace.